Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. I'm the kind of person that needs to know what happens next. Sometimes I'll read the last page of a book. I know that's a terrible thing to admit as an author, and I'm not ashamed. I need to know if everything's going to turn out okay in the end. And right now... I don't know if everything's going to turn out okay. See, Nick lost his job a few weeks ago. And since I'm a writer, I don't know what project I'm going to work on next. Neither of us know if we want to stay in San Francisco or if we could afford to stay in San Francisco. It would be an understatement to say that things are a little uncertain right now. I thought maybe talking to someone, besides my therapist, might help. Someone who could shed some light on what's going to happen next. Someone who knows the future. That's how I met the psychic Danielle Agnew and her wife, Rebecca Douglas. And even though I wanted to ask Danielle about my own life and my own marriage, I was fascinated by hers. What's it like to be married to someone who knows what the future has in store? That person who's like, this is what's going to happen. We're going to be okay. And this is how it's going to go down. But maybe it's not all roses. Maybe there are some downsides to being married to someone who just knows what's going to happen. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. So I think Danielle and Rebecca are a pretty cool couple. They're rad for a lot of reasons, but one of the most interesting things about them is that they knew each other in the past. And I'm not talking about junior high or high school. I'm talking about like a hundred years ago. Yeah, past lives. Danielle's known she was psychic since she was about 17 years old. 
One day she told her mom that she'd been having these talks with her Aunt Sylvia. And my mom was looking at me really funny because she was like, um, you don't remember your Aunt Sylvia because she died before you were born. And I said, no, Mom. I, and I described her and I described the clothes she was wearing and what she used to do with her hair and how she looked and the whole enchilada. And while we're having this big discussion, my mom just kept saying, Aunt Sylvia died before you were born. And that's when I realized, well, this made a lot of sense because I would talk about other family members and the rest of my family would just stare at me blankly like, you don't know what you're talking about. But I had this recognition of, oh my God, nobody else, no one is is seeing these people but me. So Danielle knew she was a psychic since she was a kid. But before she met Rebecca, she was an actual rock star. Special Agent Dana Scully works for the FBI. She was in a band called Pope Jane. If you were the kind of person who used to go to the Lilith Fair tour, which I was, then you've probably seen her perform. You know, I was just at the end of my music career. And I was signed and everything. I was a musician. That's what I did. I've got my, you know, my glory days wall. I call it my glory days wall in my studio with all my, you know, awards and CDs and whatever up there. That used to be me wearing nothing but a guitar strap on that, <laughs> that magazine cover because I was nothing but class back then. She says the father is an alien that's better than turkey baster. I was in a relationship at that time and it was it just wore out. Then it was time to move home, and I was actually very ready to move home. Rebecca and Danielle first met at an ACLU meeting in Montana. Danielle had just moved home after living in L.A. for most of her adult life. And moving home to Montana, she was convinced that she was never going to date ever again. And I thought, oh my God, every single woman that I know here, I played kickball with. And I'm not dating somebody I played kickball with. That's just not going to happen. So I was just kind of resigning myself to whatever, you know, I have good friends and family here and blah, blah, blah. So she goes to this ACLU meeting, not thinking she's going to meet anyone. And Rebecca was there with her girlfriend at the time. You want to start? I Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, Danielle tells the story a lot better than I do. <laughs> no kidding. Rebecca was actually there with somebody else, so I didn't even bother because I thought, well, here's this gorgeous woman, but she's got a cute girlfriend, and so... <laughs> and it's kind of funny. When I first met her, I I can't even remember, Danielle. Did I actually say this to, to you, or was this in my head? You flat I said say, that okay. to me. <laughs> yeah, you actually said, wow, I didn't know you batted on my team. And yeah. I, I just, it took me a second because I've been out, I'm 49 years old, I've been out since I was 19, and I'm thinking, do you play softball? I don't play softball. No. And then I thought, oh my God, I think she's trying to code me to I ask me if I was- I was brand new out. I was brand new out. So that was a phrase in my, in my playbook. <laughs> I didn't know if it was kosher or not. We met, we struck up a conversation, unfortunate for my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> that was November. Rebecca broke up with her girlfriend soon after that. Her and Danielle ran into each other again in January and they were dating by February. And then what happens next makes them the punchline of pretty much every lesbian joke ever. What do you do on your second date? You, you bring the U-Haul. Two months into our relationship, if that, she said, I'm going to marry you. And I said, no, I need to ask you. And I have a kid involved, so we are going to ask you. So just hang tight, have patience. But here's the thing about that. 
Danielle's a psychic. She already knew that her and Rebecca were going to end up together. And that has to be a little bit intense, right? Even for someone as open-minded as Rebecca, for someone that believes in psychics. It was probably the most intense beginning of a relationship that I've ever experienced. That's probably what was really the biggest scare point for me. I mean, I come from the heterosexual world of you date for five years before you move in together. (laughs) So is that what they do? Yeah, that's what you do. Oh, God, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, no, 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 no game playing here. (laughs) You just put all the cards on the table right up front. And so here's me over here, and I'm like, oh, God. And and Rebecca's from Missouri, the show-me state, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, this woman's going to think I'm way out to lunch here. Yet I did recognize her spirit, and I just clicked. I thought, oh, yeah, we're going to be together. I know that. And then I also didn't want to be the creeper that freaked her out, who was like, you know, we're going to be together. You know, I didn't want that either. Danielle was right. They were going to be together. But more about that after a quick break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. When Rebecca proposed to me, because she insisted on, uh, you tell this story. You're the one who proposed. It was so romantic. I'm dying. I'm getting all tished up. Okay, you tell the story. I had my daughter during the summer months back when Danielle and I were first dating. So when my daughter Nora came home for the summer, I kind of pulled her aside and I asked her how she felt about Danielle. And it was very apparent that, that Danielle and Nora really enjoyed each other. So Nora agreed to be my partner in sneaking a proposal on Danielle later in the summer. Okay, but how do you surprise a psychic with a proposal? How do you surprise a psychic with anything? Given what Danielle does and who she is, (laughs) it's really hard to, to, to sneak anything on her. So Nora and I spent the entire summer kind of planning and plotting a proposal at our favorite campground in the Beartooth Mountains outside of Red Lodge. Nora and Rebecca devised the perfect red herring for someone who can sort of read your mind. Every time the two of them were around Danielle, they'd think about nothing but cherries. They'd just clear their minds and dream of cherries, just big, red, juicy, happy cherries. 
We couldn't think about the proposal because Daniel would pick up on something. It actually worked. This is Danielle. I had the most ridiculous craving for cherry pie the whole freaking summer. <laughs> Everywhere we went, I'm like, we gotta go work with cherry pie. We sat her down, handed Danielle a little box, and inside the box, Nor and I had found a, it was like a little charm bracelet with a little itty-bitty tiny diamond solitaire on it. And on the box, it was a little handwritten note. Basically, the card was just, you know, saying I love you. And towards the end of the card, it said, will you dot, 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 open the box. And on the top of the box, in Nora's handwriting, it said, will you marry us? Or, oh, I can't even hear the story. God. And, and of course, she said yes. And it was all crazy. And we were, yeah. And Danielle didn't know. She was surprised. But she still kind of did know. About seven years prior to that, I was in Los Angeles. And I was with another partner at that time. And I was very confused because I kept thinking, God, all I, all I want is to be proposed to by a campfire up above Red Lodge, up in the Beartooth Mountains while we're camping. And, and I couldn't figure out how that was going to happen because my partner at the time just absolutely hated camping. In that moment when Rebecca and Nora proposed to me, I literally was sitting in that vision. It was chilling and beautiful. And I just, I couldn't stop crying and I could hardly believe that it had happened. And then shortly after Rebecca proposed to me, Later that year, same-sex marriage became legal in Montana. Same-sex couples in Montana are rejoicing. That's because they can now legally wed in the treasure state. District court I have been working towards same-sex marriage all through the 1990s. So by the time we got to Montana, I was so emotional about it. A very close friend of ours texted everybody and said, guess what, this is going to be legal. Joe, I had Prop 8 freak out. And I'm like, they are not taking this away from us. We are going to the courthouse and we're getting married. And it was an amazing feeling. And, you know, as a person who came out at such a young age, the idea of same-sex marriage wasn't even on my radar. It was just something you dreamed about. We were in the middle of a work day for both of us. And I, we grabbed each other and said, girlfriend, we're going down to the courthouse. So... <laughs> I had to run back to the studio, let my staff know what was going on because I wasn't going to show up to coach our, our, my session. And we just hightailed it down within, I mean, we got there like a minute before they closed, I think. And they didn't have the right paperwork quite ready to represent same-sex couples yet. And so we got there like right at closing time and they asked us to come back first thing in the morning. In addition to their courthouse wedding, they also had the big fancy wedding. They got married on a 100-degree day under this humongous tent. Everyone was sweating. No one cared. It was a total fairy tale. But like I said earlier, it wasn't the first time they'd been together. I'm going to let Danielle and Rebecca explain a little bit more about that. I ended up... Uh, sharing with Rebecca that I remembered the past life that we had had together. And then Rebecca kind of had to 
you know, I was getting little bits and pieces out of her about this past life we had. Turns out she remembers the same past life. Mm-hmm. So I no longer felt like the lone psychic creeper. I was like, <laughs> see, it's not just me. The longer we're together, the more those past memories kind of uh, show up in, in the oddest times. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's a very unusual experience, I guess. I mean, I haven't spent every lifetime with her. She hasn't spent every lifetime with me. We have spent a lot together. And the lifetimes that we have spent together, we have brought big messages into the world or we've co-partnered to bring big change or we were part of a big movement. And we seem to come together when we both need support so that we can do the work that we're here to do. Danielle described a little bit about their lives to me. Rebecca was the head of a Grecian temple, and Danielle came over to Greece from the Middle East. Together, they helped foster leadership among the women in the community. Then in another life, Rebecca was a farmer in the French countryside, and Danielle was a member of the royal family. Danielle would sneak out and hang out with Rebecca. I remember quite a few of my past lives, and I can tell you that that's not always a bonus. It's not. It's weird. You feel like you're that weirdo wandering around in a strange dream state all the time. So I want to understand how this works. You can see the past and the future. But how exactly are you seeing things? How is it coming to you? Is it like you're watching a movie? Are voices talking to you? You're not just walking around predicting the future always. You are living the future, the past, the present, other dimensions, other communications, 24 and 7. You're not going around predicting the future constantly. And I really more consider myself a translator. I consider myself a translator more than a psychic. Rebecca, does this freak you out at all? Because I like it. I'm into it. But it would definitely freak me out. Early on in our relationship, we... It, it was a little unnerving at first, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. I, I've certainly gotten used to it now, absolutely. And it's not like she's constantly reading me. I like the personal choice. I like kind of being surprised. I want to live as normally as possible in that regard. Apparently... The universe is kind of sneaky when it comes to psychics. There are certain things that you're not allowed to see about your own future. Some things really are a mystery to everyone. We had a conversation once, Danielle, a long time ago. We were trying to talk about something regarding us, whether it was a past life or our future or something, and you you literally got the, the blanket What do you call it? The curtain over the eyes. Like, you're not allowed to see this. If I need to look into an event, sometimes I cheat a tiny bit, and I will look into Rebecca's timelines, and I see if that's involving this or that that would involve me, or this or that that I'd love to see happen or not. Once in a while, I absolutely do get, it's like just a flat black stage curtain is what it looks like that just gets pulled right in front of everything. And that's usually the universe saying, okay, sister, you don't get to know this right now. Uh, but for myself, and most psychics will tell you, we, we have hunches. We can have gut feelings about things. But for ourselves, I don't see nearly as clearly as I do for someone else. 
When you actually watch Danielle working, it's fascinating because she looks exactly like a translator. Like you can see her physically listening to something and then waiting for that message to come in before she says anything. And apparently it's also really draining for Danielle. After a long day of, of working, she, she is fried. She's emotionally drained. She is tired. The constant channeling of these energies, she burns so much, like calorie-wise. Just she eats, okay, I have to share this. No, she <laughs> eats like a, a 15-year-old football player. <laughs> she is constantly burning through everything because of the process of channeling all these messages is so highly energetically charged. I mean, after, after she does a three to four hour forum, I mean, I know not to schedule anything after one of her big forums because it is straight to a restaurant and we order a couple of dinners for her. She's got to refuel, basically. Rebecca, it's a really good thing that you're a personal trainer. I'm extremely blessed. My body is my very last thing I pay attention to ever. And she'll look at me and she'll say, you need to eat. Rebecca, Just you make me feel really safe is Aww, what you do. You do. You do. <laughs> you do. You just make me feel super grounded and safe because you've got such a command on so much that I don't. It's pretty mm. amazing. Well, thank you, babe. You're welcome. <laughs> Danielle, do you ever wish that you knew a little bit less? <sighs> You know, n- no, no, I don't have that desire at all. I mean, that, that would be like saying, do you ever wish that you were born without eyesight? Or do you ever wish that you were born and couldn't hear? I mean, it's one of my primary senses. I, I think I would feel, um, I think I would feel freaked out. Honestly, Joe, I think I would feel like somebody was blindfolding me or, or stuffing cotton in my ears because it's such a part of how I navigate the universe. I always wonder if Nick and I are soulmates. I remember the first time that I met him. I didn't feel like I'd been hit by a bolt of lightning or anything. It wasn't love at first sight. But there was this feeling of, oh, hey, there you are. I've just been waiting around for you. So I don't know if that means we're soulmates. I don't know if he just smelled particularly good that day. Do you think that the two of you guys are soulmates? Now that I've met Danielle, I'm more along the lines of believing, yes, we all have that one person that's perfect for you for long-term partnership, which I believe Danielle and I have finally found (laughs) each other again. So obviously now I'm dying to know if Nick and I were together in a past life, if we're soulmates, if we've come together for some kind of bigger purpose. But before we find out what Danielle had to say about Nick and I, we're going to take a quick break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt 
to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter over the influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. We got good <laughs> levels. This is this is great. Okay. I I have no idea how this works. So you're going to it's it's our it's our first time. So you have to walk us through it. <laughs> Be gentle. I will. Bet you've I heard will. that one before. <laughs> right? We want to know about the past lives. We, we want to know We definitely want to know about the past we wa- lives. Right? We want to know about the future. So let's let's start yeah. let's start with past lives. So when I first met Nick in the Galapagos, it wasn't love at first sight, but it was this kind of comfortable feeling that was like there you are. I I, I found you. And that was the first time that had happened to me. So that's why I'm kind of interested to find out if if I knew him before. You actually did know each other. And you guys have both had a lot of different lifetimes together. And it's going to get a little bit Jerry Springer when we're talking about past lives. The more Jerry Springer, the better. (laughs) A couple of these different lifetimes, you guys definitely were spouses. You were partners. You also were brother and sister. You were brother and brother. The last lifetime that you both had, I would put that at about 1200 BC. That was tribal Nordic life. You had genders that were switched. So, Joe, you were the dude, and Nick, you were the gal, but you both were just burly as can be. Nick's still kind of burly. It was a very peaceful life for you. There were other people who went out on some of the raiding parties. You guys were actually more focused on building the community. When I look back at the the sibling lifetimes, you guys had a really harsh set of parents and you kind of took care of one another. Neither one of your parents really wanted you guys to get out there and get married because if you left the farm, then your father, who looked like he liked to drink, uh, was going to have to do more work. And you guys, it wasn't like V.C. Andrew's brother and sister. I was was going to see how long until one of us made a flowers in the attic joke. (laughs) Next, Nick doesn't understand because he's a man. No, no, there was no VC Andrews, no flowers in the attic. You guys were just really like each other's best friends. And you very much were just there for one another. The most recent partnership, hold on, this just coming in on the angelic ticker tape. Wow, that is early, early America's Louisiana area. You guys were Native American and Creole. Joe, you were a female, and Nick, you were a male, and Joe, you were doing a lot of mystic arts, and again, a lot of healing work. What's recurring in your life periods here is a great amount of co-creative work together, lifetime after lifetime, of working together towards a like goal. The comfortability level here is is ginormous, and that's, that's what happens when you go back all those lifetimes. I like it. It sounds like we came together to accomplish goals in, in past lives. And so can we, can we see what, what happens next? What kinds of things are we going to accomplish together? So this, again, there's, there's all kinds of world enrichment here. There's cultural enrichment. There's local enrichment. And this has to do with the both of you working as a team, and, and now, you, you know, you've got a child, and the child who came in for you guys has been your child before. So this is going to be a low-maintenance child. This is going to be easy-peasy. Yeah. 
He just he just woke up. He just woke up, so yeah. here he is. He's like, hey, are, I'm an old soul. Are you guys talking about me? Get out of here. We think he might. We think he is an old this soul. Is, yeah, that we, so we're told all the time that he's an old soul. Oh, he is. So Nick uh, lost his job last week, and he's trying to figure out what he's doing next. And I don't think... I don't think he has any idea what he wants to do next. Um, and I think he's just, he's curious. He's trying to figure out what the next step is. Oh, Nick, Nick, it's a blessing that you lost your job, even though it doesn't feel like it. Do what you're supposed to be doing and the money's going to be there. Yet this is the time frame, literally, to go big or go home. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty much just saying everything that Nick says to me when I freak out. That's and right. I, and I'm like, oh, my God. See? We're, <laughs> oh, my God, we have no plans. I we told don't know, you so. We don't know what we're doing with our lives. I like it. This is better than therapy, Danielle. Nick and I let all of that sink in. We talked about it later that night in bed, eating meatloaf, after spending hours trying to get our old soul child to sleep. So many readings of Dragons Love Tacos. Talking to the psychic actually uh, calmed me down. Are you recording? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not as worried about the future as I used to be. You are recording, right? Yeah, my mouth is full of meatloaf. Because meatloaf is good, baby. It's good meatloaf. It's really good meatloaf. Because she said everything's going to be okay. You know, even if we take a risk, and I hate taking risks. You hate taking risks, but you also had total faith in the psychic who said everything was going to be okay. No, because I need reassurance. Elaborate. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that I just needed someone who wasn't... I'm not talking about anything complicated. I'm just talking well, about... Well, no, I mean, just because it's the, scary the, the, because you you don't... You're not working, and I don't have a new book idea, and we don't know what the fuck is going to happen I'm not working. Next. I'm working my ass off. Okay, you know what I mean. <clears throat> sure. You're looking for a new job. Right. I don't know what book I'm going to write next. Mm-hmm. And Danielle the Psychic was like, you know what? That's totally fine. Maybe that's the answer. Can you get me more meatloaf? This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Danielle Agnew, Rebecca Douglas, and Nick Astor. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt, with additional editing by Alex Williams and Tyler Klang. Mixing by Tristan McNeil. Original music by Tristan McNeil, with an additional song by Pope Jane. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Mangesh Hatikader, and Will Pearson. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, send an email to joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. Committed with Joe Piazza has been a production of the House Stuff Works family, produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia.
Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.